0: Would you pray with me? Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you in this moment, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Living by principles. Sometimes we seem to entrap ourselves with rules and regulations. We create rules and regulations so that we can have a common understanding of what's fair and appropriate behavior. But there are often unique circumstances that make the rules seem unreasonable in certain situations. This is why we have ongoing legislative sessions which constantly modify existing laws and churn out new ones in the local, state, and federal legislative sessions. It's very hard to create a rule or a law that would apply to every person in every circumstance. For example, in 1994, California enacted a three strikes law that required judges to impose a life sentence on anyone who had two prior convictions for crimes defined as serious or violent by the California Penal Code. This was in a response to two tragic murders that had happened. The intent was to keep repeat offenders of violent crimes behind bars, but there were unintended consequences for some who committed relatively minor crimes on their third offense. In one scenario, a homeless man who took a raincoat from an open garage during an inclement weather was automatically sentenced to life in prison because he had two prior penalties. There are many situations like this where offenders were sentenced to life for offenses such as stealing a dollar in change from a parked car or attempting to break into a soup kitchen for food. Granted, theft is wrong and should not be taken lightly, but sentencing a person to life in prison for taking a dollar in coins is unfair. Subsequently, in 2012, voters in California passed the Three Strikes Reform Act that eliminated the sentences for life or that were mandatory for non-serious and non-violent offenses, because voters realized that forcing judges to follow strict sentencing guidelines could be unfair. The original law had a good intention of protecting the communities, but there were other principles related to fairness that were disregarded. Creating rules that are fair and appropriate under all circumstances is very, very difficult. Scripture tells us that Jesus lived by principles that sometimes resulted in violating Jewish rules and customs and also encouraged others to break those rules when necessary. He healed on the Sabbath, touched leopards, lepers, directed a healed man who was a paralytic at the time to pick up his mat and walk home on the Sabbath. And he allowed his disciples to pick them the field and eat it on the Sabbath. These are all violations of the Jewish law. But Jesus looked beyond the specific rules within each circumstance and based his decision on principles behind the laws. There are 613 Jewish laws, and everyone was expected to know them and follow them. Those who failed to follow the laws were admonished and penalized in various ways. But Jesus taught his disciples to look beyond the law, to the principles behind them. At one point, when he was confronted by the Jewish leaders for not following the traditions, he quoted Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, which says, These peoples draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their worship of me is a human commandment learned by Rhodes. This perspective got into trouble with the Jewish authorities many times, and they frequently looked for ways to trip him up so they could discredit him and punish him. This is what happened immediately prior to the encounter that we just read about with the scribe. Jesus had arrived in the temple and was confronted by many Jewish authorities from different groups. The Pharisees and the Herodians posed a trick question about paying taxes that they expected would make him either disenfranchise the local people or getting him in trouble with the Roman authorities. Jesus' response to the emperor, to give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to give to God the things that are God's, brilliantly settled their question. Next came the Sadducees, who posed a hypothetical scenario about resurrection, which they thought could not be possibly answered logically. But Jesus answered them with an authority and an insight that they had never expected. So they walked away as well. After watching Jesus demonstrate his unique gifts of understanding, a lone scribe approached him with sincerity to ask a very good question. Which commandment is first of all When you think about it, this is an amazing question, and it's even more amazing that Jesus is willing to entertain it. By knowing the most important commandment, we basically learn of the first principles of following God. My first principles, I mean these are the concepts that we can use to gauge whether we are faithfully following God or going astray. It helps us understand when we should carefully follow a given rule, and when we should look beyond it. When confronted by an ethical dilemma, it can help us to choose a course of action. Having an understanding of Christ's first principles can be a very powerful tool for helping us make difficult choices in our lives. Christ's response to the scribe by quoting Jewish scripture. His first response is a reference to Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four and five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is a part of a special prayer called the Shema, which is repeated every morning and every night within the Jewish community. Which, and Jesus added an additional part to this, to love God with all your mind as well. It emphasizes the point that when we, though, it emphasizes the point that we are all to have one and only one God, and that we are to love this one and only God with every part of our being. When confronted with dilemmas where we might be inclined toward loving our financial security, careers, personal comfort, or social status, we see that the first principles tell us that we should be focused on loving God. Those things that distract us from loving God should be set aside. But what does loving God look like? Jesus already showed us that carefully following the religious rules is not necessarily the same as loving God. The second part of Jesus's answer gives us a clue. In the second part of Jesus's response, he refers to Leviticus. Chapter 19, verse 18, when he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Leviticus chapter 19, God is speaking to Moses about moral holiness. What God says in verse 18, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. We might be asking ourselves, well, who is our neighbor? Because Leviticus, it seems to imply that it only refers to our own people. But Jesus clarifies the meaning of neighbor in his parable of the Good Samaritan in chapter 10 of Luke. In this parable, Jesus suggests that we are to show mercy to anyone we encounter who is in need. And those who are in need are our neighbors. Loving God is like loving our neighbor, and loving our neighbor is like showing mercy to those in need. Of course, there are many people throughout the world who are in need who would fit this definition of neighbor by Jesus. These are the people suffering from natural disasters, war, and violence across the globe. And there are many of our communities as well who suffer from food insecurities or clothing problems or shelter issues. Individually, trying to resolve the needs of everyone would be overwhelming. But coming together as the body of Christ, the church, there can be tremendous improvement in people's lives. Christ's answer of loving our neighbor as ourselves helps us to think not only of where we should be putting our effort forward, but it also entices us to consider how would we feel if we were suffering in the same way as our neighbor. Jesus' response to the scribe's question resonated with the scribe, and he agrees with the answers that Jesus gives. The scribe's reply to Jesus also comes from Jewish scripture when he says, This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. This statement is a reference to the writings of the prophet Hosea, who tells of God's admonishment of Israel when he says in chapter six, verse six, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. The scribe recognizes that love is essential to following God and it is much more important than following sacrificial laws. This particular scribe, who's part of an opposing political group finds himself on the same page as Jesus. And he acknowledges Jesus' gift of understanding. Jesus gives him words of encouragement as their conversation ends. And he sees a sense of an amicable relationship between the two of them. Jesus doesn't personally hate religious leaders, or he doesn't, he simply wants to correct their misconceptions and help them repent from their destructive attitudes and behaviors. In his statement to the scribe, that he is not far from the kingdom of heaven, he is urging this scribe to keep thinking about that conversation and continue moving toward the truth. Jesus lets him know that the kingdom of God is not something to be acquired necessarily upon death or at the end of time. It is accessible within our own lives if we follow the principles that Christ teaches us. This encounter with the scribe demonstrates Jesus' sincerity in his teachings and it shows the religious leaders that he is not simply offering polemics or polemic statements against them. Scripture tells us no one dared challenge Jesus again for his understanding. These principles that Jesus gives us throughout this passage are foundational both to the Jewish and the Christian faiths. In the description of his encounter in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus adds to the end of the first response, on these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Everything you can learn from the Jewish law and the prophets is related to these two particular commandments, which we get a sense of as we see both Jesus and the scribe quoting the law and the prophets in their conversation." by reflecting on them and developing a deeper understanding of them. We equip ourselves with a means of discernment in difficult moments, when the rules don't seem to fit the circumstances that we find ourselves in. When we aren't sure what to do, we can ask ourselves if we are loving God with all our whole, our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and are we loving our neighbor as ourselves? Do our actions result in an expression of mercy to those in need, or are we being indifferent? We can't possibly have specific rules for every potential situation we encounter, but we can be more confident of our discernment if we live by these principles that Christ gives us. Amen.